All right, welcome to the Old Town New World. We are here at the Mercantile in downtown Rock Hill. I'm Jason Broadwater. I'm Chris Trevay. And we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of small town USA. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Today we have a, a special guest with us. We're very excited. He is the new president of Winthrop University. His name is Edward Cerna. And welcome, Edward. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have you, man. And um, and we're it's really neat to be in, in uh, the Mercantile versus our uh, Rock Hill Brewery, our Millstone Usual location. So that's pretty cool, too. So, Edward, before we hear about... Um, all of your uh, exciting ideas about Winthrop and, and where to go next and all that. Let's just learn about you. Where, where, where were you born? Let's start there. Well, I was born in Los Angeles, California. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so I've been around. Yeah, so yeah. What, what made you leave the Sunshine State? Uh, well, my father was a defense contractor, so it's kind of like being a military kid, right? So we moved to wherever the next defense contract was, so I had the opportunity to live in places, well, born in Los Angeles. Uh, lived in Denver, Colorado, uh, moved to Connecticut, and then he ended up down in Atlanta. So, oh, okay. yeah, so got to live a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, that's great. So then you, uh, what, what, I know that you came to Rock Hill in a previous life. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what brought you to Rock Hill? Yeah, so um, I was a, what they call a non-traditional student, which means that I was over the age of 24. Okay. So I'd been in and out of, right. that's very non-traditional, that's yeah, right. really old. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was so old, old yeah, right. at the time. But I, I had, uh, you know, I'd gone to a couple different schools that never clicked, mm -hmm. and uh, I was living and working down in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, and I found this school called Winthrop University up here, and I said, you know, this just looks like the right place for me. Yeah. So in 2002, I loaded up my car, I headed up I-85, I ended up at Winthrop. And nice. I know. Good yeah. call, right? Yeah. It's a great it's a call. The intro of a sitcom or something. Yeah, it really is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, okay, so what did you study? I studied business. Okay. Yeah, so I was just general management, uh, loved it, great business school here, uh, just really lucky situation, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. so so you did that, and you, I guess you did, did you do like a four-year traditional program kind of thing? or? Well, so it's a funny story, but I had bounced in and out of school so much over the t over my 20s that um, when I arrived here and I met with my advisor for the first time, he said, you have enough credits to have a PhD in undergraduate studies. <laughs> so I had enough yeah. for two or three bachelor's sure, degrees. Right, right. Exactly. So he's like, yeah. let's just figure out a way to get you through it. So uh, they had this program where if you just did your last 33 credit hours, so basically a year here, uh, I was able to get a degree from Winthrop. So he was okay. able to kind of put that Rubik's Cube or Tetris yeah. puzzle together for me That's and get great. me through. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. And, and that would that would have been an undergrad? Undergraduate. Okay. Yep. Undergraduate in business. And did you go on in academia further from there? Or? Yeah, you know, so, uh, so once I got kind of locked in and I've kind of figured out how this higher education thing worked, uh, I went right from here to Clemson University. Okay. I knocked out a master's degree uh, from there, and then I went to Auburn University, and I knocked out a second master's degree oh, from wow. there. What were these in? Business? Uh, in business again, okay. business discipline. One in operations management and the other one in management information systems. So, okay. like, once I was able to figure out how colleges worked here, it really just was a springboard for the oh, rest wow. of my career. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. So did you go into the private sector or did you go right into working for um, universities and colleges? No, I, I worked in the private sector for 10 years. So okay. crazy story, when I was at Auburn, uh, I was working at Aflac, the insurance, you yeah, know, the Aflac, duck, yeah. the duck, the oh, duck, yeah. yeah. Oh, that duck. Uh, no. so, <laughs> Were you the duck? Yeah. I was the, no, I okay. was the duck. <laughs> so yeah, so I worked there when I was going to Auburn and then um, I, learned, uh, I learned some things at Aflac and this is the weird transition. 
that were valuable to NASA. Ah. Whoa. Yeah. Think about that. Let that one soak in. Aflac duck to the space shuttle. It's yeah, (laughs) sending ducks into space. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we were looking at. Space program. Yeah. Yeah. Is it how water just rolls right off the? the That was it. Yeah. Very scientific. Yeah, right. Space, no one can hear you. (laughs) Wow. It's it's very. It's top secret. Yeah. Well, so then you end up at NASA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so um, I applied for this job, and, and I laugh. I applied for two jobs. Um, it was with a company called Booz Allen Hamilton, and they do a lot of uh, contract work, um, strategic planning for uh, government organizations. And they had one in Honolulu, Hawaii, and they had one in Huntsville, Alabama. Now, which one do you think I got? Uh, <laughs> you never get the Hawaii job, course, right? You yeah. never get that one. Yeah. So I went to work for the Marshall Space Flight Center uh, in um, oh, cool. Huntsville, Alabama, which is where Space Camp is. Okay. Um, that's where they build all the actual rockets uh, wow. there. So, um, yeah, I went I went there and I worked for NASA for five years, which was a great experience. I bet. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it's not like it's rocket science or anything. Well, no, no. Right. No, no, no. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't have yeah, to they brag. Were smart yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or anything. That's wow. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then yeah. you became president. How did you become oh, president gosh. of the university? Oh, gosh. So this is this, this convoluted story. Okay, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I worked for NASA for five years and then I went to work for the U.S. Army for five years um, in Huntsville still. Um, and I started teaching at night. Actually, my, my client at NASA said, hey, you should come teach at the local community college. I think you'd really like it. So, I started teaching at a local community college and I did. And I was kind of hooked. So I did that for a number of years, and then I decided, you know, I'm going to go back and get my doctorate. This might be something I want to do. So I went to the University of Alabama to get my doctorate, and I told my wife, I came home one night and said, I think I want to do this full time. Wow. And we're nice. still together. So you bail on me there, yeah. So you're going to leave this really good career to go, <laughs> go pursue higher education. So yeah. I did, um, and no one wanted to hire me because I was a, I was a business guy, and right. in higher education, yes. you know. Uh, they don't like that. So uh, finally, I was able to get a job in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Uh, I went to work at the University of Arkansas at Fort Smith. And that was my introduction. Not as a president. I came in as a, a kind of a lower-level person. Okay. And I just worked my way up In that. kind of administration? Yeah, in administration, yeah. but really kind of low on the totem pole. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then you, uh, I know that you came to us from where? Maine? What's came it? to you from Maine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very different up there. A little bit. Yeah. 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 It's probably even hot up there now. I mean, I don't know with, with well, everything going on. Hot in Maine is like 83. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. right. It's not wet wool it's blanket not, hot. No, no. Yeah, it's right. a little, they say it's hot. Yeah. Or wicked God hot. love yeah, yeah. 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 It's all it's wicked scotia. <laughs> My wife and I lived in uh, Vermont for six months, and it was winter the whole time. Except for the thaw. There Thank was a you. thaw, and that was thaw? the worst part. Yeah. You're saying thaw, not like the season was thaw. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, like a thaw with everything melted okay, all it. at once, and everything became a disaster for two weeks <laughs> because this, you know, four feet of snow all melted, and then yeah. it all came back. Whoa. For another two months. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. So in Maine, we call that mud season. Yeah. Mud exactly. Right? Right. It's mud yeah. season. It's the fifth season. Yikes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's gross. It is that sounds like a not fun season. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's not when yeah. you want to go visit. No. Exactly. <laughs> but it's pretty in the summer and the spring and all that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The six months of winter. I think you, you kind of locked in on something there. My yeah. wife, Lauren, it was born and raised in Alabama. So oh, she wasn't ready for six months of winter, yeah. right? I'm talking cold. <laughs> Negative Where 10. Nostrils freeze when you walk outside. <laughs> like your nostril hair freeze. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what? You should work for Maine Tourism. That's a good that's way to bring people point. in, right? Yeah. And your car batteries freeze. I didn't even know yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. You have to plug your car batteries in at night or they'll freeze. Yeah. 
I know. I didn't even know that. Yeah, Jeez, yeah cool. big, I think it's negative twenty. Your tires actually flatten. Oh, come on. Yeah, on one edge. So then they go dum 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 dum. Yeah, yeah. It's good. You're in Maine, and uh, what are you what are you doing there? What are you doing? So I'm the president at the University of Maine at Farmington. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the main campus of the University of it is, It is not the main not campus. The main campus. Uh, we were a small liberal arts college in the western mountains of Maine. Oh, so wow. the Appalachian Mountains go all the way up through Maine, right? Yeah. So we were right in the mountains. So we had uh, skiing in our town, um, winter sports, outdoor sports, beautiful rivers and lakes, the mountains. It, yeah, we were there. It was wow. great. Yeah, yeah. Was but it was yeah. cold. I bet it was. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it was. Yeah. So, I mean, how big was that school? 2,000. Okay. Yep. And that's... Uh, what is Winthrop now? Uh, right around six. Okay. All right. So um, so I guess that's a big difference in terms of um, the job. I mean, I... You know, it's 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 the same stuff, right? We have athletics, we have residence halls, we have academics. It's it's the the scope's the same, but the scale, yeah, it's bigger. But okay. it, but it's more similar in size uh, to what I had back in Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and their football team's also undefeated. They are also undefeated. Okay, yeah. The so Winthrop and them have that. Um, that's great. The starting place. Right? That's right. Start it's with victory. Yeah, it? right. <laughs> All right. Is that a requirement for you when you go somewhere? Uh, yeah. Is your football team undefeated. Yeah. yeah. Right. One last thing, and this is a deal breaker. <laughs> Always. So. So, all right, you've come to come back to Rock Hill. You've been uh, you selected among a very qualified pool of folks. Very thorough interview process. Sure. To be the one, to be the one that's going to come and do big things. Yes. So, what's on your mind? What are you excited about? Oh man, I, I, well, I'm excited about coming out of COVID. Okay, I, I think yeah. we all are, right? Yeah, right. Um, and that really impacted campuses across the country, and certainly Winthrop too. Man, I'm just excited about getting the students back in a couple of weeks, getting the faculty back in a couple of weeks. Uh, I spent actually today is my one month anniversary. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, well, thank okay. you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah July first. <laughs> July first. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I've been out talking to the business community and um, just community leaders, and they're just hungry to be engaged with Winthrop. That's so I'm right. really excited about all of those partnerships with uh, Rock Hill Public Schools and with business and industry, and just really tying us into the fabric of Rock Hill. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm excited about all of that. So do you feel like? Uh, you want to lean into being interwoven with the downtown and the revitalization and all that? Actually not. This is such a vibrant, exciting place to be in. Yeah. Like, I don't want Winthrop to be seen as this sleepy campus it was 20 years ago right. when I was here. Like, I want it to, that vibrancy downtown, I want that to be kind of injected, if you will, into the campus. Yeah. I want that to be integrated. Yeah. That's exciting to me. I mean, I think there are a lot of campuses that would love to have this sort of community. Mm-hmm. Um, right there at its doorstep. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. And with, you know, the revitalization through the textile corridor of the um, the sports facility and all that, right adjacent to the... Oh, my God. Winter, I mean, yeah. I mean, I... No-brainer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, are you thinking... Do you want a football team or do you want an esports team or do you want a frisbee team or do you want like what's do you have something in mind or is it a secret right now? You know, I, I, right out of the gate. Yeah. You know, I think you look at your esports team and you're like, wow, these they're already successful. They've won national championships. Winthrop That's, has. Winthrop has. Wow. Two national champ, two different. Uh, Sports. Do, do people know this? No, we don't talk about it enough. Oh, right. and, and that's what we have to get out there and really talk about. So I think we're t- really talking about investing in that esports team, uh, new facilities, something to get kids excited about that oh, want to yeah. come here to Rock Hill, want to be, uh, want to play for Winthrop. 
Uh, maybe, you know, that's, I think it's a varsity level team and a club level team and really just grow that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the Atari 2600 I was playing right. on anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, good. So like, uh, academic. I'm sorry, hold on. So that's what esports is? What? Yeah. Gaming? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know. You I didn't, didn't know. know. I didn't never, I've never heard it referred to, well, I guess I have, but I just sort of assumed that wasn't what you guys were talking about. I totally didn't know that. Yeah, gaming, like as a yeah. sport. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I had awesome no idea that? that Winthrop had a successful And have won sport. national championships. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. We need to talk about that more and advertise yeah, that more. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty cool. People they must know a lot of codes. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of codes? How about we have to write them down? <laughs> so um, the there's a lot of things that Rock Hill has going for that people don't know. I mean, like the um, Frisbee. I mean, the what's it called? The golf. Um, disc, disc golf. Disc golf. I mean, we have Who one said of the, that? We have one of the premier courses in the country. Um, all kinds of biking sports. You yeah. Know? Um, so I don't, I don't know where all Winthrop you know, fits into all that, but I, I'm excited to, to see how it can grow. Um, as far as the business community, you said you've been reaching out there, and, uh, and, and people seem generally excited to collaborate. And Very excited. You yeah. know, I, I think, like I said, I just think they're hungry for it. They want yeah. to have that relationship with the university, and we want to have it with them, both to place our graduates and internships. But, um, you know, with all, all of us pulling in the same direction, I mean, I just don't think there's any stopping Rock Hill, yeah. right? All right, so I got a question for you that might be a tougher one. Maybe oh, okay. it's Bring not it controversial, but it's, um, it's just I struggle with this. So I'm in a lot of meetings and boards and things where people are talking about workforce, mm-hmm. and I'm heavily engaged in it. We do a lot of Our marketing company does a lot of work for York Technical College and um, other communities and workforce-related stuff. I know there's a lot of pressure on universities to be um, to show, you know, quantifiable results and 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 to participate in kind of the workforce pipeline. Um, but I always think that there's also a responsibility for a university to do um, to be a place of higher learning and exposure to ideas, the humanities, to be a broader citizen, a bigger thinker. You know, just like even, you know, get in touch with what's important in the world and be able to work a job. (laughs) Whereas maybe at a technical college, there's no responsibility that they, they don't carry a responsibility to introduce higher level thinking, civic leadership or things like that. So do you feel like that the university needs to go all in on workforce and forget the rest? Or is there a balance or like where, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. There's a balance. I, I think if you look at the mission of higher education and public higher education, so so what's our responsibility to society and to the students? And I think it is that that broad liberal arts education, if you will, and that is a dirty word, you know, around workforce development types. But um, I think we need to look beyond that first job. I think we're so fixated on what's that first job you get out of college, mm-hmm. rather than looking at more holistically at you know your your entire lifespan and the quality of life you're going to have and the things that you're going to be exposed to in, in higher education 
are things that um, are going to serve you well in your life, even if you don't use those functional skills every day in your job. Um, so I think one of the things that I really gained an appreciation for during my three years in Maine at a liberal arts college was just the importance and the value of that liberal arts education yeah. and to being exposed to these different ideas yeah. and, and to the creativity. And actually back in Arkansas, I met with a very successful businessman uh, who's a venture capitalist and an entrepreneur, and he wouldn't even recruit from the business school. Hmm. He said, you know, the business school teaches the waltz. He's like, I want freestyle jazz. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah, I want the creative yeah. types. Yeah. So he was recruiting out of our music department, out oh, of wow. our art department, yeah. and he was getting these really just creative thinkers. Yeah. And, and so I think there's that balance, right? Yeah. I, think you can go, I think you can go too far either way. Right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, creativity is problem solving. It by is. And large, it in is. every way, it's just figuring yeah. out how to move forward and solving problems and stuff. Also, I'm really glad that your response to that wasn't, no, that stuff's all stupid. <laughs> I'm so glad you don't feel that way. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, being part of the business community and being part of the creative community, I see the business community, I think, is guilty of just pushing this notion that liberal arts is a waste of time. Right, yeah, And it's, and it's, yeah. an, it's an inaccurate notion it, it, that, that is short-sighted, you know, yeah. and it just doesn't take into account that, that like, the whole person yeah. And, and how the whole person can develop and add value over time and all that stuff. You know? Yeah. And I mean, business and money is like obvious and self-enforcing. Like it's, right. you can't get it out of the way. So it's going to be there. So it's like you, you have to sort of next step beyond that and dig a little deeper and understand the value of all these other things around it. Yeah. I mean, I wish I would have taken more uh, business classes in school. I did all... Uh, literature and creative writing yeah. but I mean I've been running my own business since 2003 successfully and I have a creative writing master so you know yeah. go figure yeah. <laughs> well, and I'll say this one last thing so I, I would say the highest performing team I was ever a part of was at NASA and we were, we were management consultants we were there to do strategic planning for NASA so you're talking some kind of high level conceptual thinking yeah we had people with music backgrounds and psychology backgrounds, and we had we had because you want that diversity of thought yeah. Yeah. and how we approach a problem. If you get a bunch of management graduates in there, they're going to approach it one way, yeah. and it might not be the best way, but we're all committed to it because that's what we've been taught. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much value in that diversity of thinking at the table, and, and sometimes we lose that. Do you know that uh, the spaghetti challenge? I do yeah. with the marshmallow. Yeah, and the, the first and second graders. Yes. They, they, yeah, they max and it, it out. About how. Uh, MBA graduates perform the worst. When I taught business classes, I'd have my students do that. We used to do that too. It's, yeah, gr it's yeah. a great, it's a great learning tool. It is. Yeah, it really, it really is. is. Yeah, I always thought that was hilarious. And then when you put an administrator with the business people, they went way up. <laughs> yeah, I heard that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, they needed an administrator. <laughs> Survival instincts kicked in. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> my favorite part of that is in the in the uh, TED talk. They're like, well, thankfully, uh, architects. Did really yeah, well. Right, yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah. They know how to build structure. Yeah. I, he did a great job, whoever that was. Yeah, yeah, remember. it was awesome. Yeah, very cool. So um, so what else? What am I missing here? What, what else are you excited about or want to tackle or challenges maybe? Or? Oh, well, we have challenges. Uh, you know, I, you know, it's back to your guys' point, though. You know, it's this, this entire narrative in our country right now about the value of public higher education and the value of education. I think a lot of students are just kind of sitting out and saying, we don't know. Yeah. And I just think we have to do a better job of just what we were talking about, you know, telling that story about the value of higher education and about how it just enriches your life. And it's not just about that first job. So I, I think that's one of the areas that I really want to focus in. Um, yeah. So. Well, now I, I know that um, another part of the big conversation nationally and, and where people are slinging words is, mm -hmm. 
in the cost of higher education. Sure. You know, and, and like you look at Winthrop and something like, <clears throat> I'm going to butcher these numbers, but it's something like 70, 80 percent of Winthrop's cost used to be funded by the state. And mm-hmm. now it's like, what, 10, 12 percent or something yeah. like that? I mean, yeah. so where's the money going to come from? Well, I mean, it has to come from the customers, right? If it's not coming from the state, well, then the customers are being charged a lot. I know my son's about to start college, and it's a lot of money. And, um, you know, I was talking to my dad about it. He's a conservative dude. And he had this, like, he thinks things like, um, you know, he goes right to things like tenure and, uh, like, all these things that where he feels like there maybe people are just sitting on piles of money doing nothing. Right. I'm like, Dad, I promise you, if you go to Winthrop, and you go in back in the president's office. They're not all sitting there smoking cigars <laughs> yeah. on piles of money going yeah, like, yeah, yeah right. Find that. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I'm like, and, and they're running like housing facilities and transportation and like they're running like a whole city, yeah. they, uh, buildings, grounds, facilities. You know, I mean, so what's, what is the silver bullet easy answer? Like, what's oh the answer gosh. to all of our problems? Oh my here? gosh. What do uh, we do? <laughs> That might be a great question for somebody else. I don't. <laughs> I mean, where do you? I don't you, know if I have that silver Where do you for start? You. I mean, where do you start in addressing the issue as a president of the university? Sure. Well, you know, I, I think there's that. You're right. There's that narrative about the inefficiencies uh, of public higher education, and we're all, you know, uh, not being good stewards of the money. And, and I think again, I think we have to show that we are being good stewards of the money, and we are trying to keep costs down for the students that we serve. I mean, we have to make access to a quality public higher education affordable for most families. And that is really challenging when state support across the country, not just in South Carolina, has been declining for for years. Um, So we have to do a good job. And and then we just have to, somehow we have to reframe that as an investment. And I know that's really hard when you're 18 years old and you're looking at student loan debt and there's that entire narrative there. but, but maybe we find creative ways to accelerate the time to get a degree. So mm-hmm. instead of four years, it's three years. Yeah. Um, maybe we cut down on that mm-hmm. or some way. Our, our corporate partners come in and start helping with that last year to recruit it. We've had that with nursing for a long time. I mean, I had nursing students that were being hired six months before they graduated. Wow. and were getting huge signing bonuses because of the need there. So their cost of getting a nursing degree was, was far down. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's gonna, I, I don't think universities alone can tackle that. Right. I think there's going to have to be policy changes, and I think the business community is going to have to be involved because yeah. um, it's, a, it's a big issue we need to tackle. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, <clears throat> my son uh, applied to the College of Charleston and didn't get into the College of Charleston proper but got into their bridge program. Mm-hmm. And um, so for one semester, uh, and you're probably familiar with this, but for everybody, for our two listeners out there, I, <laughs> um, neither of them may know what I'm talking about. So um, he, he goes down and he lives in the dorm at College of Charleston. He's got the College of Charleston tag. He eats with College of Charleston. He hangs out like he's College of Charleston. He can go to the gym and everything like he's a College of Charleston student. And he goes and takes classes in College of Charleston classrooms, but it's Trident Tech teachers, mm-hmm. instructors who are coming over and teaching those courses. He's got to do these things like attend once a week, like a study session, and like it's real hand-holding. To, and, and he's got to have a certain GPA at the end and have attended these certain things. And if he has it, he just rolls right into the College of Charleston. Now, that's great for him as someone who didn't get in proper and that's a doorway in. But also, to be honest, I'm kind of happy about it because, first of all, the hand-holding, I think he's going to benefit from it. And secondly, boy, it's going to be a lot less money <laughs> yeah. that first semester than right. it is the right. other semesters. Now, I, so I guess my question and all that is... Um, a lot of universities around the state are looking at different ways to do bridging and things. Mm-hmm. Do you see that there might be an opportunity to do that type of thing here? Oh, absolutely. 
Uh, you know, I'm still trying to get the lay of the land, if you will, right. uh, to, to, to well, understand all of it. But you've already been here a month. You had I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little behind the curve right now. Uh, yeah, but that, I mean, that is exciting. And, and what an opportunity for Winthrop. If uh, and, and maybe that's it's some sort of a bridge program with USC or Clemson. And, and somehow we work in that partnership with them in a way. Yeah. Um, because let's be honest. I mean, I went to Clemson and Auburn and Alabama and all these mega SEC schools and ACC schools. That's not the right fit for every student. Right. Oh, yeah. And they're not going to be successful there. They're going to be uh, they're going to get lost in that. Mm-hmm. And maybe Winthrop's the right size for them. So I, I don't know. We have to figure out a way um, to make Winthrop that. To figure out those bridges, yeah. right? To figure out those pathways. Yeah. That's great. Well, if you can figure out how to market that the arts is a, um, a yeah. stellar degree for <laughs> businesses recruiting high-paying jobs, we're interested because uh, we celebrate the arts program at Winthrop mm-hmm. and the music program. We interface with them here in the downtown where they play, they're in bands and play shows and, yeah. and in the studios creating art. And, and we've always seen Winthrop as that. Yeah. as this super creative place of artists and, and we hang out with the professors and the students and we're in bands with them and like, you know, yeah, right, right. Them. yeah and so if that is getting injection of, of capital because it's tied into the, the money sector the business sector yeah that would be a huge win for the community so I'll share with you one of my biggest frustrations coming from Maine and also here is just the lack of student interest in the arts though mm. It's really hard for us to continue to offer a program in, let's say, philosophy or in creative writing, although creative writing is a really strong one. But if students are voting with their feet, yeah. so yeah. What, what, what are we doing wrong to recruit those 16, 17, and 18-year-old students to those disciplines? Interesting. What are they picking? Well, instead? but do you think that's a problem in, in terms of actual personal interest and passion or the cultural ideas around those classes? Exactly. I, th- I think it is. I don't know if they're being indoctrinated, like I have to have a business degree or I have to have a nursing degree. Now, I understand that as a first generation student, when you come from a family, like what's the return on investment? Yeah. So yeah. they're going to go heavy into teaching and nursing and those kind of things where there's an instant payoff. But somehow, like I think colleges come under a lot of criticism for like cutting academic programs, but we cannot continue to offer academic programs if students aren't showing up for them. Right. right? Yeah. And that's, that's the hard part for yeah. me. Like, I would love to keep the broad-based liberal arts education, right? But if students aren't signing up for it, yeah. how, do I, how do I sustain that financially? No, I hear you, because, I mean, you're, you have a customer base. Right. Yeah, and you're, you're serving up to the customer base. But, but again, it's, it's influenced by outside forces. I exactly. Mean, yeah, people, kids thinking they, that they would be embarrassed to say out loud that they're going to get a, a degree where some man in the room is going to say, oh, well, yeah, good luck getting a job with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember when I was back in Arkansas, University of Arkansas, Little Rock put up this, I think it was a ballet on a billboard in, in downtown Little Rock. That poor chancellor of that university got <laughs> just harassed for that, right? Because what did that have to do with workforce development? Right. Exactly. We shouldn't have to defend that. Yeah. That's, that's, so you're right. There's, there's a narrative there that I think is destructive. It is. And that's a, and like back to your comment a minute ago, that's bigger than just the university. Right. And that's why I think, you know, like, Going back to what you've been doing, I mean, forming the relationships with the business community is a powerful place to start. Right. In that sense, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, man, we couldn't be more excited about having you here. I couldn't be more excited about being Uh, here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, before we uh, say our thank yous, what what else did we not? Did you come here wanting to talk about something specific or? No, uh, you know, just excited to be back. You know, I'm here with my wife, Lauren, and we have two young girls, uh, Anna Kate, our 12-year-old daughter, and uh, Caroline, our 7-year-old. And uh, 
if you see us out around town, please stop us and say hi. You know, okay. we're excited to be here. We want to meet the community. So, uh, yeah. Fantastic. Well, good. Well, we we uh, will have to get you back on when you have some big news to share. <laughs> I'll be that here. You, that you've saved the arts, you've funded public education, <laughs> and that, and you've uh, built a giant esports facility. Yeah, month two. Yeah, month two. <laughs> hey, pace yourself. Pace yourself. And and successfully put the first duck in space. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. So are you, are you starting? Be, go ahead and tell us. This is the big question. Are you starting a duck space program at Winthrop? I really can't talk okay, about that right know. now, gentlemen. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, hey, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Pleasure to meet you. And, uh, yeah, Chris, yeah. you good? Absolutely, yeah. This was an excellent podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right. Well, we'll see you next time on Old Town, New World. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs>